Hey guys, you're listening to the Energy of the Untamed Heart podcast, where we talk about uncaging your divinely gifted wild heart to be as free and expansive as you were born to be. My goal is to use our stories, guest interviews, and your questions to tease out what has been keeping your wild heart under wraps. I'm your host, Miel Fox, and together we will shatter the myths of our old stories to set our wild heart free. So thanks for choosing you and showing up today. Welcome to another episode of Energy of the Untamed Heart. I am so excited to bring my guest, Pamela Lynch, in today. She is a spiritual librarian and publisher. And the huge exciting news is that she has a new publication, a new book that will be available shortly. I'm going to let her jump in and tell us all about it. We're going to take a little dive into what does it mean to be a spiritual librarian? What are the things that have come to Pamela that she brings forward to the world through her experiences. So without further ado, Pamela. Thank you, Miel. This is so exciting to be on here with you. Thank you for reaching out and inviting me to come onto your podcast. I am so delighted to have this conversation with you and your audience and our audiences. Let me start with Beyond the Shift, Volume 1, is available now on Amazon.com. So if you search Beyond the Shift by Pamela Lee Lynch, it will come up. And it's... In all markets? It's Canada, in all markets. US, UK, Canada, Australia. US. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fabulous. Globally uh, accessible. Love it. Yes. Because we have an international audience in the book. So there's 12... Mm beautiful souls who said yes when I put the invitation out to co-create and collaborate and create this anthology and the stories are amazing like unbelievably life-changing seriously the authors are talking about everything from crystal healing to connecting with your angels to indoctrination and dogma and loss yeah it's we've got it all and what it really is I, what I'm super excited about was when I went to grab the link the we had a launch party and so we had a book launch party a couple of days ago and when I went onto Amazon to grab the link to share we were number one in energy healing and we're still sitting in number one in new releases I love it. So not in, yeah. And I and love so that what you are, what you have birthed forward and brought forward is literally a cornucopia of spirituality. So on so many levels, in so many realms, so that it isn't just a one and done. It's categorized surely under energy healing, but within that, there are so many different, call them instruments in the symphony, I guess is the best way I can say it. And I think it's, it's just word. phenomenal. I love that you have brought decades and decades of experience and knowledge and wisdom in editing and publishing and use those as well as your capacity to tap into the portal of the beauty of writing for people to bring all of this together. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited yeah, for you. you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So tell us how, how did this begin for you? How did you feel the shift for yourself from let me do traditional 
career based. I'm in publishing to, I really want to bring this information forward. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was actually downsized. I started publishing just by, it was a job. It was like, I applied for a job as a production. I don't even, I think it was like a typist back in 1980. And so I was 22 landed in in this publishing company and I worked for two different companies through the 31 years. So 10 years with a company called HRW. Then I went to Wiley. I grew up in Toronto in Canada. And so it's a really small community throughout the world. The publishing industry is very small. And at that time there was major publishers, mid-side publishers. Wiley was probably mid-size and then they acquired Hungry Minds which was the dummy series and Betty Crocker they left the whole operation in Indianapolis to operate as its own identity and came in under Wiley so of course it's owned by Wiley but anyway I had a beautiful career with them and ended up as an executive assistant where I sat at the top with the board of directors and learned a lot because the assistant is the one that actually does all the stuff. (laughs) The president and the VPs tell the person what to do. And then you actually go out and you do that. So I learned publishing from a lot of different angles. And then I was their web producer in my last 13 years. And so it was a beautiful career. And then in 2010, a company called Borders, which is a bookstore down in the States, they closed and went into receivership. So New York is looking for all of the ways to cut costs and to offset that. They looked at Canada. Half of our company was in Canada was let go. So that was fine. I'm always good with change, right? We're, we, we do numerology together. And so I'm a five, which is looking for the change. Evolve the up through the change. The change. Yeah. Yep. I, I had this opportunity to do something different. I became a life coach when... 2011, nobody really knew what a life coach was. And I needed to do that to go on my own healing journey. And so I dove in, I became a a law of attraction life coach with a lady called Christy Whitman in the States and had a beautiful journey with her. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole of, well, I can do technology because I was a web producer and I can help people with this. So I didn't, I couldn't settle, right? I was just spinning trying to find my place until 2017 when I became an author in an anthology. And I looked at it and I went, hmm, this book was never edited. (laughs) And so I just went, oh my goodness. I was like, my chapter was fine. It was because I grew up in the industry. I knew how to write and edit. And, but I looked at it and I went, if ever I publish a book, people are going to be so proud to be in it. And so in a year, it took me a year, but a year later, I started my publishing company. It was late 2018 and published four books in my first year and started writing programs. And I started this thing, which I didn't know at the time. I thought it was co-writing. So in our writing, in the writing course, we would come in and we would do some content and we would all write. Well, the very first time I did that, I went into meditation And I do that all the time now. And I call them sacred writing sessions. And that's how those were were born. And what happens is people come into a Zoom call and they write and I run energy. 
So I meditate, I go deep, I kind of step aside because I don't want to be in the way of their energy flow. I open up the doorway to the portal of language. It's a huge portal. And I had someone who is a code seer share that with me. So I didn't know that I was doing that until I saw and heard the words portal of language. And what happens is it opens up this stream of consciousness for people. My clients are, they're all spiritual leaders or they're, they're spiritual healers. And some of them are channelers. What happens when people are channeling is it gets interpreted in the body. And so quite often we'll receive something and then we do our own sort of diagnosis of the words, right? The other thing that happens is people are visual and they can see things. So that's like the book, The Timelines of My Future that I published earlier this year with Skyla Cash. And she sees grid lines. She sees the grid lines in people's bodies in their field. She sees the earth grid line. She's an earth healer as well. And then she also sees it in the universe and she couldn't find the words for it. She could see it. She understood it, but it wasn't until she came into sacred writing sessions that she actually was able to receive the language for it. I love this. And she attributes that in her book. <clears throat> yeah. There's a, there's, yeah. A, there's a whole page on, on how powerful that was for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating because I really feel a lot of what do we talk about on energy of the untamed heart is that we have this beautiful soul essence that is within this human being. And many times we have it sort of blocked or covered, or we don't know how to express well, what it is that we're experiencing, what that vibrational information is that we experience. And so for some of us, it comes through in words and writing. And some of us see it as these grid lines and some of us feel it in our body when we're moving or dancing. And some of us feel it come through crystals or there's just lots of different ways that we receive and experience the messages, so to speak. And I find it fascinating that, for example, this previous book visually identifies and sees these energetic grid lines, understands they have a a message and a meaning, but at a little bit of a glitch loss confusion of how do I now translate and convey what it is I see, feel, and can sense into a language that I can then share out to the collective so that others can have a better understanding of the message. And I love that Mm -hmm. because I think it varies for all of us. For some people, it's the written word. For some people, it's the numbers. For some people, it's stars. For some people, it's whatever the grid lines, code, whatever that thing is. And I really feel so strongly that here on earth, of course, we reading and writing is a huge piece of our existence on earth. It is how we do everything. I mean, take it as simply as you get in your vehicle and you go to the store. How many traffic signs do you see and need to interpret, whether that's in words, letters, symbols, whatever the thing is? It is our way as humans of communicating to one another. And so to have you be the conduit through which somebody can use their understanding of a message and then reconfigure it in such a way so that we can all understand the message is a phenomenal gift. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you. We receive this information of what our gifts are in short segments. 
right? So when someone said to me that I hold open the doorway to the portal of language and somebody else said to me, um, you're a spiritual librarian. So these were channeled messages that other people brought to me because they saw that in my code. And as soon as I heard those things, it's first of all, you go, no, <laughs> right? Like, no, uh, it, I, like what happened in 2018 was I had sessions with a business coach and she was in town for another conference and I won her big package. So I had four two hour sessions with her and she was in town. So I invited her, it was Canadian Thanksgiving. And so I invited her over for dinner and we had a lovely evening. And she said, okay, like, I know like this tiny little bit about you. I know you're a life coach, but what else? And I go, well, you know, I was in publishing for 31 years and she almost leapt across the couch at me. And she's like, what? And nobody knows that about you. I go, no, it's what I used to do. And she goes, I'm, I don't know. She goes, if you're doing something for 31 years, I think it might show up in your business, but what do you think? Right. So I examined that I worked for a whole month, just locking myself away and writing. What would that look like as a business? And what would that first writing program be like? And I just wrote and then I launched it in November and January, I had clients and I had a new publishing client in January. And I think what happens is we try all these different things of what we're maybe supposed to do, what we think we might be good at, but there's one thing that we came here to do. And mine is to help document the shift in consciousness. Yes. And then somebody corrected me and go, no, you don't help. You do that. You document the shift in consciousness, which is the books, the type of books that I publish. I only publish spiritual books. I only publish books that are going to shift the consciousness. Yeah. So the first book was called Metatron's Code and it was about our belief systems, right? And that's kind of, that started and, and it's really the essence of my publishing company is like, if somebody has a golf book, I know people. <laughs> I'm happy to refer you. <laughs> right. But it's, right. I, it, it's an opportunity to be really select about what we do. And it comes around to us in a way that is kind of unexpected, I think, for the most part, because we're so close to it. Like our friend, Megan Alton, she used to talk about how the fish doesn't know it's in water. Right. It just yes. is. It just is. And so what and I love about the way you've described this piece of your journey is you said to your your business coach, oh, uh, I was in publishing for 31 years. It's what I did. And what I hear when I look to you and I, I know what I know of you and that you are a spiritual librarian, that you do hold open the, the portal of language for the conscious collective, is that is who you be. It is not what you just do. It is who you are. It is your true internal essence. And I think when you're absolutely right, there are many of us in the realm of we want to provide a service. We want to show up. We want to do whatever the thing is. We want to bring our message forward. And so we dibble and we dabble and we try this and we try that. And we keep trying. And it's a little Cinderella-like. Keep putting on the glass slippers to get the one that fits. And how do you know when it fits? Because it doesn't pinch your toes anymore, because your foot doesn't fall out of it anymore, because when it's on, it feels like your skin, it feels like you. And so when you finally reach that place that you have been meant to get to all this time, because you could finally hear your heart, 
truly whispering over your mind chatter and you finally can hear those whispers clearly because they got louder and louder over the years and you know universe kept dropping you into these spaces and places to receive those messages so that when you finally got to that place like oh i am pamela lynch spiritual librarian and this is who i be and this is how i be it i bring this forward and when it finally hits it's kind of like the oh duh moment. You're like, oh, this feels good. Oh yeah, this feels just, oh, oh yeah, this is it. Because it feels in your being, it feels so, it feels like home. I don't know how else to say it other than when you finally get to the thing, it's not, you don't ever say, is this right? Is this, is this the right thing? You don't even have that thought. You just say, oh, I'm home. This yeah. feels good and to me really what it feels like it's yeah. because it's the essence of who you are right it's your yes. being yes right? you know at the very beginning of it like I when I first lost my job I was at a networking event and someone told I told somebody that I had been in publishing and he goes oh I have a like he was a speaker and he goes I have a whole bunch of clients and they all need to write a book so do you want to collaborate and do some ebooks and things like that? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And then I sat down and I went, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know anything about Amazon and how to, how to produce the book just because I was in publishing for 31 years. Didn't mean that I knew all of the ins and outs of the actual publishing doing of it. I knew the process right? I've seen the process over and over. I knew all of the employees and all of what their tasks were, but I didn't know the nitty gritty of it. And so it was only like everything else where you just try, you just do it and you do your first one and then you do your second one and you get, and this, this was my seventh book beyond the shift was my seventh publication. And I learned something new in every single book in every single process of the, of the writing and the editing and the publishing process. And that's because the whole thing. We are forever, forever is a, a funny term, but you know, as long as we're here experiencing life on earth, I feel that in every moment of every day, we are either the student or the teacher. We're either learning mm -hmm. it or teaching it A or B. And I don't think that learning ever really stops until you're not here anymore. And exactly. each experience and yeah. each book and each author and each event that you experience and, and go through has something new to teach us. Always. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. yeah. And doing an anthology was a whole different project than working with a single author because all of the, the other ones have all been single authors working one-on-one, -on -one, taking them through the process and the anthology was different because now there's 12 people. Mm. And so, you know, so now, and because I called in group coaching, <laughs> right? So that, I want to do group, like I want to do larger groups, right? And so that's right. how that showed up for me. Yeah. Right? And I still do one-on-ones. And, you know, I want to get to the place in my business where I can hire the editor. I already have a proofreader. Uh, so our lovely friend, Lucy, this the proofreader for my books now, because you need another eye on it. So, you sure. know, I was 
it's funny because I look at different things. Um, you know, I see different things and, and I see people going, oh my gosh, it's like $800 to edit a book. Like that's crazy expensive. No, it, do you know how much time it takes to edit a book? Like I an think, editor yeah, actually costs three, $4,000. I right? think like it's not- there's, yes, I think I'm so glad that you're talking about this because I think, so from a consumer end, we think, oh, let me jump on Amazon and buy my $25 book or what, whatever it may be. And they shoot it off to you and it shows up in a couple of days and you read it and you're like, oh, that was great. And then it, whatever, you either pass it off to a friend or it sits on your shelf or you read it six times, whatever one does. But I don't think as the consumer, we understand not only the birthing of the idea, which could be years in the making, but then all of the moving parts that are needed to bring this idea forward into a reality and then place it out to the world in such a way that it can be received. I kind of think back to the old school scribes. You'd have some little old monk hanging out in some dark room with a feather and ink and rewriting things. And I'm thinking, wow, that would be a really slow marketing process because, whoa, how Uh many dudes do you need to write feather books. So if you bring it back to today's world, I'm like, we have the advent of all of this amazing technology, which definitely helps to make things a little bit more progressive and and happen in a timely fashion. But I think as the consumer, we're clueless, to be honest, about what is involved in creating an art of literature for the consumer. And I think the shock when someone says, you know, it's going to run you 800 bucks to have your text edited. And that first time Arthur goes, what? It's because, again, I think there's this elephant in the room, like nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about all the knowledge you need to have just to get the thing out on Amazon. Nobody talks about all the behind the scenes ways that things can be kind of railroaded. On, on the journey mm-hmm. um, to say yeah. nothing of the fact, if you want something good, you want somebody with some knowledge and experience to help you do it. So that is why most people don't try to just wing it on their own. They go to the expert mm-hmm. like yourself to say, I'm the idea creator. Could you help me birth this into reality? And of course yeah. that, that yeah. comes at an energetic cost, which translate is a dollar cost. I mean. Yeah. And time. And when time. I first started publishing, So in the 80s and the 90s in book publishing, a higher education, so a college textbook, took three years. Oh, my God. And a trade book, so this would be considered a trade book. Beyond the Shift is considered a trade book. Trade books took two years. And then, and remember that we were, we didn't have digital assets like we have now. A production manager was taking a book and was white taping lines, right? It was like cut and paste. <laughs> and then when the book went to print, it went to print and they printed a thousand copies or they, in the States, they print 10,000. Canada's always, was always 5% left. It was 5% of the US market. And so we would print a thousand. And if there was a mistake in there, you reprinted it. You waited until you reprinted it and you had a, a, a second edition, right? right? We don't have, I mean, I guess in, you know, Wiley would have, I think one of their 
accounting books, it's probably like edition number 23, because it was like, it's the textbook that everybody uses in Canada, right? <clears throat> it does take an enormous amount of time. We produced this book. I called in the writers in March and we published it this last week. So it was uh, November the 20th was the day it got launched on Amazon. So we had our, our launch party on the 24th of November. So, so it's literally almost months. like a human birthing, right? It was almost nine months, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. I tell clients that if you have an idea that won't leave you alone, the book is already written in the quantum field and our job is to bring it down into physical form. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And if, Absolutely. if you have the idea and you don't do anything with it, it's going to go somewhere else. <laughs> Somebody yeah. else is going to write the book. Yeah. Right. And it's just yeah. like any other idea, not just books, but any idea that you have, you are the receiver of the idea and it's up to you to take action and move that forward. Yes. And no action no output. Well, and I so love <laughs> that you chose just for the numerology people who might be listening in. So 2023, universal year of the seven inspired action step through faith and trust. And this is the year, even though the idea had been present a couple of years prior, this is the year that the step was taken to bring it to fruition, to bring it out. It, it's just so characteristically synchronous shall I say yeah. and, and just amazing just amazing I love this yeah yeah and I did literally have this idea for the anthology several years ago but it was two years ago that the name came to me beyond the shift mm -hmm. and it wasn't until March this year I did a funny little TikTok and said oh I've had this idea since lunch <laughs> since lunch, lunch two years ago right <laughs> <laughs> right. And then I, you know, cause that was just the sound on, on TikTok that I used and it kind of got a little bit of attention and I had several people message me and say, Hey, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And so I, you know, DM'd the people who were asking about it. And then I sat and I went, okay, so now I have to put up a webpage to, for people to go through an application process. Cause I don't know the people on TikTok that are reaching out to me. And I did that. And then I sat and I went, well, I wrote a list of people like two years ago when I first had this idea. And so I reached out to 40 people and 12 people eventually came through. We started in May, beginning of May. So that was the end of, so one month later, we were in sessions starting to talk about writing the book. Yeah. And what you probably don't know is that the second, so I had two people Megan Alton and Anne-Marie McKenzie, who were to be in the first book. And then they got busy doing things, life happened, and they came back, each of them individually, and said, hey, is there still room? And I went, no, we're in, but I'll be doing more of these. So, you know, let's talk about you being in the second book. So that was great. Put them on the list for the second book, the second volume. And then Anne-Marie came to me in, I don't know, probably September. And I had been busy launching two other books. And I'm like, I, I need to reach out to more people because we want I wanted to start the next project in September, October. And Anne-Marie messages me and she said, how's this idea? What about if we do a new resource for numerologists? And I'm like, well, that's cool. She goes, we call in 13, 13 numerologists to each write a chapter. She goes, because I want to do it, but I don't want to write the whole flipping book. 
And that's the beauty of the anthologies is that it's shared effort, time, energy, costs, right? And so, yeah, so that's our project now. And there's 10 people who have come in. And so we start in December, right? So it's like the next, the volume two is going to be intuitive numerology. And that's what we, that's what we're calling in. It's like, it's people are, people who are in sort of our world of numerologists, they're taught to be intuitive. Like they're taught to use their own intuition, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. There's a resource that we use that I, I only use this, whatever page tomb it is for finding out the day and what their, what their birth card is. <laughs> Only reason I use the book. Right. right. But yeah. so, so Anne-Marie said to me, she goes, well, cause I'm a five, but I'm also a six of diamonds. And she said to me, oh, um, you're goes, like so the you second or third six of diamonds said, I've talked to in the last two weeks, but go ahead. Oh, is that right? Yes. And I said, I said, no, I don't want to write a chapter. I said, I don't, I'm going to be busy doing all the other stuff. <laughs> right. Like I'm holding the space for the group. I'm for leading sure. them through the writing process, the outline, the, all the editing and uh, the whole, uh, the whole thing. And I said, and I don't want to be known as a numerologist. Fair enough. I'm a publisher. Right. Yes, and yes. so I said, no, I said seven, we'll find the five, the six of diamonds, Jessica, Jessica Serato. Serato. Yeah. So there's 13, there's 13 people. Our stories are what engage people, enchant mm. people, right? And so I said, what I would love to see in the book is the opening of the chapter is to be their story about numerology. And a lot of what I love to talk about, as you well know, is the connection of science connected to spirit, because I feel that they're mm. they're not separate, they're together. We are both. And there's just showing and teaching people how, where that bridge is, how does that, what does that look like? And so before I took all of my different levels of numerology, I really wasn't hundred percent clear that this is who I am. This is, this is it. I mean, it just is, it's who I be. And so now that I really fully understand or close to fully understand what my capacities are as a seven, but also what my job description is, is how do I show up as a five of spades? What yeah. an exciting endeavor. It's so and, good. And I didn't come up with that idea. Yeah, That came through one of the other authors who was going to be in the volume two. And it was twist on let's write about this. And so it's different. And I, I see that I, when I first started this, the, the book beyond the shift, I knew it was a series. Like I knew that there was yes. going to be multiple volumes because we're in the shift in consciousness, but it might take who knows how long, because it's taken us a hundred thousand years to get here, to get right? all on all muddled up <laughs> with all these belief systems that we have and now we're we're unwired we're unmuddling them right unmuddling for sure yes yes uh, and, and so we're, we're uh, it's a lot of undoing and it's a lot of remembering of who we really are that's where we're at right now and so yeah. these books there are a lot of breakdown and breakthrough anthologies and they're mm. beautiful stories right and i wanted it to be the series to be the story for the person, like how did they navigate through their own trauma and transformation? 
because it, it is our wounds that we have that help us to navigate and become um, who we are and for it to be that, but also, so how did they go through their transformation and how do they help other people now? So those yes. are all the authors that are in this book are, there's a story there, but it's also, and this is the things that I uncovered, right? Yes. So one of the authors, she wrote a book about, it's called the first cut is the hardest. And it was about her losing her husband who had fallen from a ladder and she cared for him for 14 years. And then she went on a spiritual journey. So I first met her through one of my coaches, Christy Whitman. We were in a really small container together. And so we got really deep and her and I met there. And then she came to me with her book called Married Widow. And so it's been 10 years in the making. And when I approached her about writing this chapter, she was like, oh, that'll be so much easier than trying to finish my book. And so her chapter is about she lost her husband died and she wanted something. She went through the grieving process and still it never leaves. Yeah, it never ends. It never Um, ends. um, And so but she wanted a way she wanted to find a way to remember him. And so he only wore flannel shirts. Didn't matter how hot it was in Colorado, he wore flannel shirts. So he was known for his flannel shirts and his jeans. And so she took all of his, because she couldn't throw them out, right? But she took all of them and she made a, a blanket a lap blanket for the members of her family, for herself and her members of her family. And so the chapter is called the first cut is the hardest, right? Oh, wow. Actually, and yeah, she yeah. goes through this. She takes us on this journey of what that was like for her to actually make the first cut, to measure it all out and to put it together and to want it to be perfect. And then several Several times in the, the book, she said something about it not being perfect. Let me just see if I, it pops out to me. Oh, yeah. Trusting myself and perfectly imperfect or just doing my best. And so she repeats that through the chapter, this notion that we want things to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so such beautiful stories in the book. And we're so excited. We're, you know, it just, like I said, it's like hit number one in energy healing in the new releases. It's like, I don't know, 33 and in personal transformation and number 10 in, I think, spiritual and emotional healing. Like it's just so good sitting there. Yeah. It's so good. And we're so so excited. And that's the nice thing about the anthologies is that you have 13 in this particular book, you have 13 people's energies behind it and sending it out into the world. Several of them said, that everyone should write a, sto- a chapter in an anthology because yeah. the healing that happens through the process. Mm. So it's not just about writing the story. It's like with Lucy's with Lucy's story, she she was the proofreader. So she so the author read the book the chapter first, then I got to read it, and then Lucy got to read it before anybody else, right? Yeah. And she's so her own chapter. She was reading the other chapters, and she goes, "Oh, I can be way more vulnerable." <laughs> And so she went back and sort of worked through her chapter again and, and got really vulnerable. And that was the beautiful thing about it is that people, they opened up and they cracked open just a little bit more through the writing process. And I know that happened for me when I wrote my chapter, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I wrote three different stories 
Because yeah. it was like, I, I wrote one. And I went, oh, that's not quite the story. And I wrote it again. Oh, that's not quite the story. And yeah. then I finally wrote a story um, that was talking about my ex-husband. But he's like, who's going who's gonna to hear this? <laughs> I'm putting it out there. So he's a narcissist. And so I had to navigate the leaving of him. And it was really hard because I loved him deeply. And we had a really great marriage of 20 years but it wasn't healthy for me. And so when I wrote my chapter, one of the things I realized was that we were both wounded, but he's more wounded because he doesn't know he's wounded. And I think that that's the the heartbreak of someone who has an emotional disorder like that is that we don't, we don't know it going in because we're attracting that person, (laughs) right. For our own healing. Right. And um, yeah, so, you know, so a lot of that happens as people write their chapters and in the other anthologies that are being produced, where it is the breakdown and breakthrough stories, they're beautiful because, and it's like the process for the author. Yes. Right. And people reading it, they go, they can see themselves in that story. Yes. And the thing thing I love about this is, yeah, I think it's beautiful because it's, it's like a dual purpose. It's serving as a a modality for healing for the writer, but it is also serving as a reminder to those who read it that we are not alone, that we are not alone. We are actually all one. We are all from love, return to love. And we've just created these various stories over our lifetime. And the sharing of that is truly my, my little phrase I love to say is we're truly healing one heart at a time. So we write our chapter, we tell our story, we work on healing our own heart. When we start to heal our heart, then we can help to spread the information forward and start to heal the hearts of others one heart at a time. So I love this. This is so great. So refront, remind me yeah. one more time, yeah. just say it again. It will go in the show notes, but how, especially for our, our birthing authors who have been on the fence, like, I don't know if I could write. I don't know if I should write. I don't know if I have anything to say. I don't know who might read what I want to write. How do they find you? How can they reach you? (laughs) www.pamelalynch.com. Beautiful. And I also, I see you're probably available on most of our social media platforms. I am. And I, I've, I wrote on the front of this, this book, the anthologies, and it'll go on the front of all the anthologies compiled by Pamela Lee Lynch, L-E-E, because that's my, that's my name that I use. Pamela Lynch was gone for Facebook. And so I put Lee in there. So now all my social media is Pamela Lee Lynch. Beautiful. It's perfect. I will put all this in the show notes. I'm just so excited for you. Congratulations. This is a beautiful (laughs) anthology. I encourage anybody who wants to learn a little bit about themselves, jump right on Amazon, grab yourself a copy because you are a beautiful, beautiful soul and absolutely our spiritual librarian. I thank you for taking your time today. So good. Uh, Thank you for for inviting me to be here with you. It's been a lovely conversation. Thank you. What a beautiful conversation I had today with Pamela. It's another example of how we can share our gifts to lift the collective. Be sure to look at all of her publications, especially the most recently published anthology called Beyond the Shift, currently available on Amazon in all markets. All these links will be posted in the show notes to make things easier for you. As always, feel free to tag someone who might be looking for that special holiday gift idea. Book is a great thing to have in your in your 
arsenal, I shall say. Who doesn't want to have a new book to read? If you saw the side table next to my bed, you'd be shocked. Books, 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 and more books. Stay tuned. I'll be releasing a variety of both solo minisodes and guest interview episodes all month. Subscribe so that you can receive notifications for all releases. And of course, I would be ever so grateful for your five-star review. This keeps the algorithm running and keeps the podcast showing up for folks to find. Feel free to follow me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, of course, at Miel Fox, or on the website at www.foxdenenergetics.com. And stay tuned for the upcoming monthly meetup called Unconditionally You. So much love to you 